Jesus come, come now, don't delay, like the charm ever faint, oh may I be, this I Well, good morning. Y'all are the brave, the hearty souls who said, I am going to get up and go to worship, and I am so glad that you're here. And if those of you who are watching online or 
feeling guilty, you don't need to feel guilty, but we're glad that you're joining us, whether you're here in person or whether you're watching on the internet. It is a wonderful morning to be together and to be with God, so we're glad that you're here. And if this is your first time, uh, we extend you a special welcome. We hope that you will come and see us at the Welcome Center, which is at the rear of the sanctuary. We would love to answer any questions that you might have about Cypress Lake and what we're doing here and how we, you can love, grow, and serve with us. Um, I'm going to invite you to take those black notebooks that are there in your pew. You can pass it down the row. And again, this is a great way to cheat because if you have a name like Bronwyn Bedient, people are always going, how do you spell that? And see, so you get to pass it down the row and go, that's what her name is. And then you can pass it back and find out those nice people who are next to you. Um, don't forget that this is a uh, fourth Sunday of the month, the last Sunday of the month, where we do our coffee connection. So if you're one of our younger adults or younger families, we would like for you to come on over to the Fellowship Hall. It's really not that far, and you can join us for some treats and uh, get to know some of the other younger adults of our congregation. And, you know, if you have small ones, they are welcome to come as well. We also wanted uh, to remind you about our chili cook-off. I think some of us would like to have that chili today, but it'll be Wednesday, and uh, it'll be between 4.30 and 7 p.m. We've got our judges all set, but if you wanted to bring a dessert, we're still looking for some folks to bring desserts, so if you can come by the Welcome Center and let us know if you would like to do that. And if you are planning on bringing chili and haven't filled out a, uh, an entry form, we have a little entry form for you to fill out this morning at the Welcome Center. Um, I also heard that there's like a football game next Sunday, these guys, but that's not what's important because we're going to be collecting for our Super Bowl of caring. Um, we like to, to collect for local hunger relief on the Super Bowl, so you don't need to bring big money unless you really want to put it in the... Patriots container or the Rams container, but we'll just be having fun and there'll be some some of our young people that'll help uh, Help us collect for that to go to local hunger relief So bring some extra change with you next Sunday and I am not telling you which pot to put it in But you can put it in whichever team that you want to win the Super Bowl and we'll see how that works out for you um, On some more somber news. I wanted to let you know that um, Ann Martin's mother Mary Thompson passed away this week um, They were there will not be services here but um, keep Anne and her family in your prayers as they go through this time of celebrating her life and, and grieving her. So we bring all that to worship together, our joys and our sorrows, and uh, we're going to bring that to God today. But before we start singing, let's find some other people around you and say, I'm glad you're here this morning, and we'll sing to God together. I'm glad you're here. Give us some love.
you are, yes you are. So good, so good. Yes you are, yes you are, yes you are. You are good all the time, all the time. You are good, you are good all the time, all the time. You are good, you are good.
may be seated. You may be seated, and as, as you're being seated, I'd like to invite our children to follow Miss Samantha out the doors to our children's program called JAM that meets over in the Fellowship Hall. And I'm glad to be here with you this morning, and uh, I just want to welcome Jennifer Pauley, who's here, who is with Path to Freedom, one of our partner ministries. And this is a, a partner ministry who's on the front line of fighting against human trafficking. We just want to have her come and give us an update on what's been going on the last several months since you've been here last, and then I've got to have a challenge for you uh, after she shares a little bit about what's going on there. So good to have you here. Thank you for having me. Good morning, everybody. That was pretty awesome. Wow. Um, again, I'm Jennifer Pauly. I'm the Director of Development for Path to Freedom. It's good to see a lot of familiar faces out there again. We were here several months ago, and there was a contribution from you guys, from United Methodist, and I just wanted to offer my thanks again on behalf of myself and the Path to Freedom team. Because of you and your donations, we are opening our safe house this quarter. We're, yes, amen. <laughs> We're getting ready to receive our first girls um, by the end of this quarter, and I just I, we can't express our gratitude enough because of you guys um, that was able to happen. So I'm going to be here today um, having um, some information in the back. We're also registering people for a tour. I'd love for you to come out and see it, to see where your prayers and where your dollars and where your support is gone. February 22nd at 9 a.m. we'll do a tour. And I'm always at the house. I saw kind of this construction area over here. We've been doing some renovation. So if the 22nd doesn't work, please feel free to contact me and come out anytime. Florida ranks third in um, overall victims for sex trafficking and Path to Freedom is gonna specialize in rescuing girls from the ages of 10 to 17. 62% of all victims are in that age group and they're all female and 85% of them are domestic born. So what we're doing right now is kind of on the front of the lines. It's new, it's different. Path to Freedom is gonna pilot the first long-term trauma evidence-based program. And because of you, we're able to do that. So thank you again, and thanks for having me today. Good to have you, Jennifer. Thank you. So here's the two, the two challenges I have for you this morning. The first is, uh, as Jennifer just shared, um, February 22nd is going to be our day to tour the Magnolia House. And we want uh, as many of us to go as possible, but, but you have to register in order to go. Uh, we are, uh, uh, you can imagine, we're not giving out the address. This is not something we want, we want to do. So you have to come and be registered, and then we'll show you how to get there. Uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing is that if you look, uh, or uh, as you leave today, uh, you're going to receive uh, a flyer like this, and this is for personal uh, items uh, that these girls and the house are going to need uh, over the next several weeks and several months. And so we're going to do a personal care drive, uh, collecting them next Sunday morning. And so if you'll please take one of these, and uh, as you are so faithful, uh, please uh, bring back items next Sunday morning when you come to worship or bring them during the week. Uh, it will make a tremendous difference for Path to Freedom. And so thank you again. May the Lord bless you. Thank you. Blessings. Thank you, guys. And it's also good to have Michelle here, who's part of the Board of Trustees, Board of Directors for uh, Path to Freedom. Good to have you here. Thank you. <clears throat> so uh, the other thing I want to share with you is uh, where we're going to be going in the next series. Uh, I've been praying a lot about this um, for many, many months. 
And one of the realities that we live in is that we live in a very polarized world, a divided world. And in your, on the opposite side of your teaching notes is a summary, overview of where I'm going to be taking us over the next three weeks starting February 3rd. I don't think God, God's plan for humanity is that we live in this polarized world. That's not God's plan. And so how is it that we who live in this world, how is it that we can come together and learn about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, which you're going to hear more about today, and how is it that we live in such a way uh, that we can help change uh, the environment in which we live just by the way we live out the gospel. So I'm going to try to help us, help myself uh, learn how to do this and uh, where God's calling us as individuals and as the people of God. Uh, will you please join me now in prayer? Spirit, living God, we come to you this day. We come fully aware that we need your presence. We need your help in our lives. We are fully aware that we often fail to stop and to turn to you for that help. We get so caught up in the troubles and the turmoil of our daily living. Busy with the goals that we have set for ourselves and those that come to us from work, our families, our friends. So we strive to be loving. We seek joy and peace. We desire to be gentle and patient and kind. We want to show goodness and we want self-control. And yet these things all too often elude us. So help us, Lord. Help us to root ourselves more deeply in you, to seek your will for our lives, to stop and listen for your voice when we are troubled, to fully rely on you when we strive to do what is right, to remember you and trust in you when we are assaulted to meditate on your goodness and your gracious will. And we pray, Lord, that we may just come and use the tools that you've given us to live as your disciples. And so we offer this prayer and all the prayers of our innermost being, and we lift them up to you, O oh God, as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. And the power. And the glory forever. Amen. I want to say a word of uh, uh, gratitude and thanksgiving to you this morning and just report uh, to you that the last year, 2018, uh, the special offerings that we've taken for Path to Freedom, uh, for 
our Easter offering, for our Christmas offering, and all the other special offerings that we take because we are in partnership with so many vital ministries here in our local community, there around the state of Florida and around the world. Last year alone, uh, this congregation gave over $250,000 uh, to outside the operating budget uh, to support these vital partners in ministry. And I just want you to know that uh, there are few congregations uh, that, don't, that don't have operating budgets that large. And so we come faithfully week after week. We hear a plea and we respond. We respond with our time and our talents and our resources. And we want to say we want to make a difference. So I, I just pray today that uh, as the offering plates go by, that you may just say, God, thank you for allowing me the privilege of uh, joining you with what you are already doing for the transformation of this world. And God, just continue to bless us uh, individually and bless us as a congregation that we may uh, do both our operating budget as well as all the many opportunities to give and serve, that we may make a difference for the kingdom of God. So ushers, please come and share the offering plates of joy that we may joyfully give of our tithes, our gifts, and our offering. Amen. Our team would like to, uh, to teach you a new song today is a song that talks about that that God's praise will always be on our lips what we do in church when we sing praise to him that's just practice that's just a little bit of a practice a little foretaste of, uh, of what will happen in heaven when we have the opportunity to, uh, to worship him in heaven
So this morning I have an incredibly exciting way to start a sermon that I've never done it before. If you drive a blue Q5 Audi plate 790AIR, your lights are on. <laughs> Amen. Thank you all. So these, four, these last four weeks we've been identifying and thinking about a variety of tools are that are necessary for living the life that God wants each of us to live. We've been uh, getting new tools to add to our box and to our belt so that we can live into God's preferred future for each of our lives. Uh, our first week we talked about that we need to practice ignoring the naysayers. We need to have a plan on how we're going to deal with those folks who uh, always are just bringing negativity into our lives. Uh, we just need to be ready for that because that's a part of living in this world. Uh, the next week, we talked about figuring out what matters the most, and we used these scales. Uh, and we, we shared the example of by the time uh, the average American reaches the age of 65, uh, they have watched on average about nine and a half years worth of television. Uh, and if you went to church every Sunday for the full hour from the time you were zero to 65, you would spend 141 days in church. Uh, so we, that was a shocking reminder of where, where are we putting our time? Where are we investing what God has given us? How are we, how are we being involved in our faith lives? Uh, the next week, we talked about maximizing our strengths, and we talked specifically about our spiritual gifts or how we're all wired in unique ways and how God wants us to use those gifts to transform the world. Uh, and if you haven't done your spiritual gifts ass assessment yet, uh, why not? Tom asked really nicely two times, and you know what they say about the third guy coming to ask. So uh, we have some of these available at the Welcome Center. You can go on our website and do your spiritual gifts assessment as well. But we talked about, uh, are we going to keep our gifts that God has given us wrapped up and neat and packaged and not share them with the world? Uh, a lot of us just like to dig a hole and hide our gifts down in there and protect them. But really, God is calling us to use them and to shine brightly in the world to build his kingdom. 
And then lastly, and last week, we talked about how to use life's throttle, how there's times in our lives where God wants us to go fast, and there's other times where God uh, just wants us to slow down and to be present and to receive. And we used the example of a, a tomato seed. In today's world where convenience is king, uh, we want things right now. We want to plant it and then 30 seconds later have a beautiful tomato. That's not how it works, Right. We talked about how it takes 60 days for a tomato to grow from that tiny seed into something beautiful. That's just like so many other parts of our lives, and especially our faith lives. Uh, God works in us, and He tends to us, and it takes time for us to produce uh, all of the things and all of the fruits that we're called to produce. So my question then for us today is now that we have all these tools, my question is this. Now what? We've got all of these instructions. We've got new tools for our tool belt we might not have had before. Uh, we have some instructions, some momentum. We're ready to go out these doors and fix her up or the entire world. But then we get out there, and we see the brokenness. We see the hurt. We see the suffering. And that's when the anxiety sets in, isn't it? That's when the worry starts to flood in. And we start asking some of life's big, biggest questions like, God, are you sure it's supposed to be me? Am I really the one that's supposed to be doing that? God, there's no way I'm smart enough. I'm not the right person. I'm not near capable enough to do your work. There has to be someone else, right? Have you been there? Have you felt that before? I know I have. I felt that plenty of times. But when those feelings start to come in, I, I remind myself of, of what it is I'm called to do. When I get into one of those, what I like to call a spiritual rut, I go back to Scripture and I'm reminded of what it is I'm called to do on this path of discipleship. Uh, and I remember uh, most prominently a Scripture from the Gospel of John in the 15th chapter. And I invite you to follow along with us and it'll be on the screens. And it says this in John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. For I am the vine, and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit, because you can do nothing without me. And if anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. My friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You see, I believe the reason we're here is to, is to produce good fruit. We're called to do good works in this life that we're living. Uh, and that's, that's the first part of our journey. 
You see, Scripture tells us, and I believe it with all of my heart and all of my soul, that we're each given these different spiritual gifts. We need to identify them and use them. But once we have those gifts, we know we all can't have all the gifts. So God calls us to come together in what I like to call the world's largest team, also known as the church, uh, and to do something incredible, to do something mighty for the kingdom of God. When we come together and we produce fruit as a team, major transformation can occur. And you see, I am convinced that a huge part of our lives and a, a huge reason we do what we do is to produce that fruit. That's what that scripture tells us, uh, that we are the branches connected to the vine that is Jesus Christ, and we grow and we go out into the world. As other parts of scripture, we're called to go and be ambassadors for Christ. What a title we have been given as God's children. But we can only grow, and we can only go, and we can only serve if we stay connected to the vine if we stay connected to Jesus Christ. You see, the other verse that I find so important in that, in that piece of Scripture we just read was uh, the last verse, verse 8. It says this, My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Now, something important to clarify is this when we're thinking about our salvation. Uh, we don't earn our salvation. We don't earn eternal life, but rather it's a free gift given to us by God, and we call that grace. But we do have works in our lives. The Scripture tells us over and over again that we're to do acts of love for the world and be the light that shines brightly for Christ. You see, the good fruits are a response to the free gift that God has given us. God gave His only Son, Jesus Christ, who died a, a terrible and awful and unjust death so that we could be free to live our lives as we would like. God gave each of us free will to make our own decisions. But when we commit our lives to Christ, when we begin to be disciples of Jesus Christ there, there are a few things we do, a few decisions we make as believers that the rest of the world might not. And that's what it means to be a disciple. So the question then becomes, and our building blocks this morning, well then what is the goal of discipleship? If it's not just this one-time decision I make, but I'm called to do all of these things throughout my life, I'm called to learn more and grow more, well, what's the light at the end of the tunnel? The answer is this. It's that God is calling us to be made perfect. And it's not perfect in the sense that we will never make another mistake or that we won't still mess things up from time to time. We're human. That's how we operate. That's how we do things. But rather, God is calling us to be made perfect in love. God wants us to be made perfect in love for our neighbors, for the world, and for God. So let's take a small breather here and recap on where we've been. This is a lot of building blocks to get to our produce section uh, illustration in a few moments. So we start out by reminding ourselves of four new tools we can have for our toolbox, things we need to live into God's preferred future for our lives. 
And then we read in the Gospel of John, we got into the Scripture, and it tells us that Jesus is the vine, we're the branches, and if we stay connected to Him, we will be able to produce good fruit. And as we are producing fruit, we're proving that we are disciples to God with the end game, the long-term goal of being made perfect in love. Love of God, love of our world, and love of our neighbors. Okay, this was the moment I thought I'd see a few more heads nodding. Like, yes, Pastor Robert, those are some wonderful points. Thank you for sharing them with us this morning. All right, so uh, here's the last part we need to know. Uh, If we're going to do all those things, I think it's helpful for us to know what good fruit looks like. And fortunately, uh, in the book of Galatians, the fifth chapter, we get a really good example of what these good fruits are. So uh, why don't we read this together out loud? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. You see, these are the fruits of the Spirit, the things that God is creating in us for us to share with the world. The fruits of the Spirit can be thought of the spontaneous work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Spirit is what produces those things in our lives. Those are the same things that are found in the character of Jesus Christ. You see, we're being transformed. We're being made new as believers. We're being made to be like Jesus himself. And if we want these fruits to grow, which is our goal, we have to join our life with Christ's life. We must know him intimately. We must love him. We must remember him and imitate him. And as a result, we will fulfill the law that God has given us which is to love one another. So to finish our time today, uh, we're going to do a word association game with the fruits that I brought. So at this time, uh, grab your bulletins and get your teaching notes out of there. You're going to need them uh, to participate in this. And I want to invite you to take them home with you this week. Put them in a place where you'll see them. And uh, I'm a huge believer that a sermon should uh, promote action Uh, And so this week, we want to practice as a congregation producing some good fruit, knowing that we are each called to do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold up a fruit, and then we're going to correlate that to a fruit of the Spirit. So I'll invite you to write that down. Uh, And then I'll have a little question for you to answer as a way for you to produce good fruit this week. All right, so the first one here, does anybody know what this is? A banana. Very good. I was with the preschoolers this week. I'm hot on the train with teaching them. Uh, You guys are a great crowd, too. Uh, Yeah, so this is a banana, uh, and the banana reminds me of joy. So I invite you to write joy next to the banana. Uh, And I thought of joy because a banana makes you feel better after you eat it. You know we're supposed to eat these things fairly often. It's also yellow, which reminds us of the sun. The sun makes us happy, unlike today's weather. Uh, And then some of the guys in the tech booth pointed out to me that if you do this, it looks like a smile. So it brings joy. Uh, So here's my question for you. Take a moment and write down something or someone that brings you joy. Write down someone or something that brings you joy. And then get together with that person this week. Make a phone call. Go to lunch. Do that hobby that brings you joy. And then share that joy with others. Uh, Our next fruit here we have is an apple. 
An apple reminds me of kindness. An apple is kindness. And I remember taking apples to my teacher as a young kid to, as an act of kindness, but to also stay on the good list. Uh, and so I want you to take a moment and write down uh, someone that you could do a random act of kindness for this week. Or maybe you could even do it for a stranger. Uh, you're in a drive through line, buy the person's meal behind you. Uh, treat someone to a coffee drink. Uh, do a random act of kindness this week. The world would be a lot brighter if we all did that. Next on the list is we have grapes. And grapes remind me of the fruit of the Spirit called self-control. And I'm reminded of that because there are a lot of grapes, and you could just sit here and eat and eat and eat. They sell these things in bags. Uh, you get so many of them. Uh, and so when I said the word self-control, I have a guess that something just popped into your mind that you need to have more self-control with. Uh, so I invite you to write that down. Uh, what is an area of your life you need to practice more self-control in? Is it how much time you're spending on media or television every week? Is it uh, how often you find that ice cream spoon making it into your mouth on a weekly basis? Uh, we all have areas of our life we could practice self-control. Next up, we have an orange. And an orange reminds me of goodness, of goodness. And now, this is one of the hardest ones to understand what it really means. It's not a word we use too often, but goodness at its core, when we look at its definition, is a sensitivity of disposition and kindness of behavior. You see, but the, the catch for this is it's founded on strength. So you're confident in who you are, but your actions are prompted in love. So when I say that, ask yourself, am I a person uh, that, that shows goodness? Or what is a character trait in my life I could work on to begin showing more goodness to my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? And that's a good one to get creative with. That's a challenging one, one to really push us. Uh, fifth on our list is a lemon. And the lemon, I've selected faithfulness. And so faithfulness, I think that makes sense. It means to be faithful, uh, which means to be loyal, full of trust, or firmly or resolutely staying with a person, a group, a belief, a cause, or an idea without waiver. But faithfulness is something that's getting harder and harder, I think. I mean, you think of it this way. If you're watching a television channel and you don't agree with what you see, what you, can you do? Just change the channel and go find someone you agree with. You don't like the article you're reading? Just close the paper, X out of the website, and go find one you do like that agrees with what you think. You could drive 30 yards and find six more churches right here. You could literally block people on social media and never have to hear from them again. In our world, you can back out of almost anything and nobody bats an eye. But in the church, we play by a, little, a few different rules. You see, Jesus calls us to be faithful to Him always. You see, and I picked the lemon uh, because the reality is that sometimes being a disciple of Jesus Christ is going to be a little bitter. It's not always going to be great. Just because you have Christ, that everything is going to just work out the way you want it to. You know, being a disciple is hard sometimes. 
But yet Jesus calls us to be faithful despite the circumstances. So my question is for the lemon is, what is an area of your life in which you need to be more faithful? Is that in your relationship with God or relationship to someone else or something that you are connected with? Where can you practice faithfulness? Now, sixth, we get to one of my favorite fruits. Uh, We get to the pineapple. And the pineapple I've chosen, it represents the fruit of the spirit of peace. So the pineapple represents peace. Uh, And the pineapple is also the symbol of hospitality, although not a fruit of the Spirit. A hospitality is a spiritual gift. Uh, And so when I thought of that in the pineapple, it reminded me that to make peace, uh, we often have to show hospitality to those we might not like or agree with. Uh, To create peace, we might have to come to the table with people we might not agree with. But yet Christ calls us to practice peace and to be peacemakers. Uh, so who is someone in your life that you need to make peace with? A family member, a coworker, someone in your community? Or if nobody's coming to mind, uh, I'll push it one step further. How can you play the role of peacemaker in someone else's life? Uh, peace is a great gift, but not everyone receives that. How can you play the role of peacemaker? Seventh on our list is a coconut. And you all would not believe how many stores I had to go to to find a coconut in Fort Myers. But I did, and it's cute, and it's small. Uh, So the coconut, the fruit of the Spirit, this represents for me is patience. I think that makes sense, Uh, A, from my journey having to find one, but B, uh, a coconut is really hard on the outside, but if you persevere, you work hard enough, you crack the outside, what's inside? Uh, A delicious coconut uh, treat. And that that reminds me of many other phases of our lives, especially in our walks with Christ. Things don't always happen instantly. We have to persevere, we have to work hard, and we have to practice patience. Uh, So think of a way in your life you need to or you could be practicing patience a little more. I think of all these fruits, perhaps patience is one of the most valuable in our society right now. Uh, Eighth on the list, we've got a strawberry. And a strawberry represents love. Why? Because it's red, and everyone loves strawberries. It just makes sense. Uh, And also, uh, so here's the question for love. Who is someone you could show uh, a gesture of love to this week? Who is somebody you know that's just really having a tough time, that's having a hard time, that could really just use a hug or a text or a phone call just to say, hey, I care about you. I love you, I'm thinking about you, and I'm praying for you. Who could you show love to this week? Uh, And now uh, there is a watermelon on your teaching notes. This shows the humanness of the sermon writer here. Uh, That's going to be our tenth fruit, and that's the good punchline of the sermon. So I need you to draw in the ninth fruit on your teaching notes. Uh, It's blueberries. Uh, So just draw yourself a little blueberry there. Uh, And blueberries represent to me uh, gentleness, our last fruit of the Spirit. You have to be very gentle in holding blueberries or you'll squish them. So my question is, what is a part of your life or a person or an aspect uh, in which you could show a little more gentleness in? Who could you be a little more gentle to? And then lastly, we have our watermelon. 
So when I was in elementary school and middle school, I went to an Episcopalian school. Uh, for high school, I went to a Catholic school, but that's a story for another time. Um, and when I was in school growing up, every month we would practice a different fruit of the Spirit. Uh, and at the end of the month, we would take a vote. Everybody in the class would vote for one girl and one boy that we thought exemplified that fruit of the Spirit the best that month. Uh, and it was a great thing because we'd gather for our Friday morning assemblies on the last Friday of the month, and the principal would get up and read the names of the winners. And if you won, uh, she would take you uh, down the street to the breakfast place. Uh, and since a young age, I have loved getting out of work and going to breakfast uh, for as long as I can remember. Uh, so I always really wanted to win this award. Uh, but there was a streak in middle school where a good friend of mine uh, by the name of Kyle Weaver he won like five months in a row. Uh, the girl winner would change, but Kyle kept beating the rest of us boys out for the fruit of the Spirit. And if you can't tell, I was a little upset by that because I thought I was a charming little Christian boy that deserved to win those awards. And out of my uh, displeasure of that, uh, me and some of my other guy friends, we came up with a nickname for our friend Kyle. Uh, we started calling him the Watermelon. And we called him the watermelon because we said uh, he could fit all of the other fruits of the Spirit inside of him. Uh, he was truly living out what it meant to be a Christian in his, his daily life. He wasn't just trying to be the best at that fruit of the Spirit for the month, but rather it was who he was. He was living into God, who, how God had created him to be. Uh, and in spite of uh, trying to beat him the next few months, it was kind of a neat moment for me and my friends to remind ourselves that that's what we're called to do. We're all called to be watermelons. We're all called to exhibit all of the fruits of the Spirit at different times. Uh, so in that watermelon spot on your teaching notes, I want you to write down the one thing you're going to do this week to pr produce good fruit. Uh, you've got nine examples you just wrote down. What is the one you know you can do this week. You see, I've held on to that story for a long time. And I've kind of made the watermelon my mantra. It's, it's, a, it's a big part of being a disciple for me. You're producing these fruits, you're building the kingdom of God, and you're doing things that you know, that we all know we're called to do. So my question is, will you commit to producing fruit? Will you commit to being a disciple and to building the kingdom of God here, there, and everywhere? So I say it again. The goal of this life is love. Our goal and purpose is to produce good fruit and a variety of good fruits. And that fruit produces in us love for God and love for our neighbor. You see, the big theological word for that is called sanctification. And we're all on this path of discipleship, this journey to be made sanctified or to be made perfect in love. That's the goal of doing what we do as believers. So let that be the word we take from this place today. Let us work hard to produce good fruit through the power of the Holy Spirit to love God and to love our neighbors. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for the gift of your holy word, your scriptures, who just uh, so clearly shared for us today that we are called to be connected to you as your disciples. 
We're called to produce fruit, to love the world, to shine brightly as ambassadors for Christ. God, may your Holy Spirit continue to work and move in us in new ways, that we can discover our spiritual gifts, that we can discover who you're calling us to be so we could change the world forever. And God, we ask all of this in your name. Amen.
Don't forget, before you head home today, to stop by uh, the Path to Freedom table in the lobby with the blue tablecloth if you want to learn more about them or you want to uh, go on the tour and see the safe house uh, and also grab a slip of paper on your way out to help partner with us in our personal care drive. Uh, So receive now this blessing. May you go forth from this place full with the power of the Holy Spirit to produce good fruit and to share it with the world. Go now in peace. Amen.